When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's two minutes past seven then. It's the West Ham Fan Show with me, Alex, and I'm joined in the studio by uh, my regular guest, of course, uh, James Jones from West Ham World. And uh, a new guest in the studio with me this evening is Chris Darwin from the website Getting Sacked in the Morning. We'll be finding out a bit more about that as well uh, throughout the show. Uh, So what are we going to be talking about? Well, uh, Manuel Pellegrini is going to be named manager. That's the way it looks. Anyway, we'll ask if if he's going to be a good appointment. What's he going to bring to the club? Uh, what can we expect from him in the transfer window and uh, which players are expected to stay or go when he arrives? James Collins, we've touched on him briefly before, but he's been told he can leave West Ham rather abruptly. How fair or unfair was that? And some summer transfers as well. A look at some of the rumours doing the rounds too. Um, good after, uh, good evening to you, guys. You're a regular. Hello, you're a regular with us, of course. And uh, uh, Chris Darwin um, from Getting Sacked in the Morning.com. Thanks for joining us no worries at all thanks for having me um so uh, you're a west ham fan no oh no i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it on the line straight away i am not a west ham fan okay but what? uh you're i a, i do like pointing the finger of the fun of them from time to time so uh <laughs> it's gonna be quite good fun for the time being great stuff uh who are you a fan of may i ask i'm not gonna reveal that okay for fear of not getting out of this build <laughs> and, and losing a good friend who's sitting to my left is it chelsea <laughs> it's not chelsea no it's not it's not premier league related so uh so well, i think who, i'm safe who could it be wow uh okay and your website getting sacked in the morning what's that about well because uh, the Premier League is on earth, as most of us know deep down, yep. uh, we like to uh, point the finger of fun at it on a daily basis, uh, have a look at stories like West Ham potentially paying Pellegrini £10 million a year and uh, <laughs> giving him more cash than Klopp to uh, to try and revive the fortunes of the Hammers. So yeah, we like we like to make, take the mick a little bit and have a bit of fun with the game. Now, you live in um, South of Spain. I do. You're here for just a few days. Yes, indeed. Well, I came in especially just for you guys, obviously. So, oh, you uh, flew in. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, okay, so, um, and you also manage a side there, don't you, you say? Or I'll, you look after some yeah, kind of business side of a team. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'd manage the side as much as I would like to, but yeah. the, head, the head coach still feels that he should be, should be taking charge of the team selection and everything. No, I'm general manager of a club called called Sidi Almineca City, okay. uh, which is based down in Granada nice. in Spain. And uh, we're, we're starting... You're involved, you're involved in a football project. I mean, uh, that's what dreams are made of, surely. It's, yeah, it's not too bad, I have to say. And, uh, and you're not a West Ham fan. And I'm not a West Ham fan, so life is good. Life is very good. Yeah, all right, chaps. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, so uh, there's going to be another quiz as well. I know you love your quizzes. I um, do. I've grown to yeah, love them, particularly on this show with the tense music and yeah. everything that comes with it. Massively helps. Is there another pound up, up for grabs this week, though? Mm, oh yeah, no, you haven't won a pound no. for a while, have you? No. Maybe that's well. Thanks for thanks for uh, putting that putting that in my head. That possibility in my head. Maybe maybe there might be. Maybe maybe I, maybe. Maybe I can afford to lose another pound this week because money's been tight recently. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so uh, there is going to be another quiz. Um, also, we're going to be talking to Ash Sharma. He's a football journalist in Spain. Um, in several minutes just to talk about Pellegrini with us but uh, your thoughts uh, well James I'll go to you first uh, your thoughts on Pellegrini perhaps getting the job I think it's I think it's a brilliant appointment yeah you um, say appointment but potential appointment potential appointment well I'm just re- I'm just reading now uh, from a very well connected West Ham website and he's not Brown that he's agreed a three year contract okay um, meetings went well today should be announced within the next 48 hours we're just waiting for the p- paperwork to be f- to be finalised from both parties so how, how how good is it in terms of you know put him if I'd have said to you two months ago Manuel Pellegrini is going to be your manager in May come May 
you'd you'd have gone. I would have gone. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds you good, know? or just. Uh, well, I mean, sounds good I mean, doesn't sound very. I mean, riveting to me. Let's say it right. We've had David Moyes in charge since November. Yeah. Um, as much as I quite like David Moyes and the job that he did. Yeah. Um, Manuel Pellegrini is a, a much more exciting option. He's a okay. much more exciting man up, man in the in the job. Yeah. Plays attacking football, which, as everyone knows, we've been demanding as West Ham fans for many, many years. Yes. Um, Slavin Bilic gave us attacking football for a little bit, and then it all fell apart. Well, yeah. So it looks like we've got someone that's going to come in and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, actually finally take us to where we where we think we should be in this new yeah. stadium, and hopefully all these promises that the owners have been promising us might actually finally come true. Chris, is the perfect West Ham appointment. The fact that. Uh, they want somebody that can come in and do that. It's, I mean, everything makes sense for it to be such a wonderful signing. £10 million a year. He's won the Premier League with City in the past. He's known for playing attacking football. Surely even West Ham can't get this one wrong. <laughs> it's absolutely lined up for, a, let's say, a good start and mm. then tailing away probably round about December and then the season just fading and fading and fading. OK, so you think that he's going to have a good start and perhaps not have such a good finish? Yeah, I think like most West Ham managers, actually, yeah. <laughs> in recent years, the start probably will be positive and the ending will be slightly less flattering. Yeah. Um, he's clearly a talented guy, but mm. he uh, it's, it's a difficult job, West Ham, because mm. he is going to be working with owners that everybody knows uh, will tell them that he'll have complete control. He can do whatever he wants. He can go and buy this play. He can even go and give Yaya Toure 250 grand a week if you want to get another year out of him, etc., etc. But then when it actually comes down to it, I'm pretty sure will give it a couple of weeks of transfer dealings and David Sullivan's going to be missing the opportunity to go out and do a couple of deals himself and then yeah. the conflicts are going to start. So mm. it's, it's, it's very West Ham. I mean, he's 64... He's, um, he looks think, good for 64, doesn't do you he? think so? Yeah. Um, I, um, do you think he's got the appetite for it still? I think so. Um, I know a lot of people question it because he went out to China and, you know, yeah. China has become, you know, known as this sort of retirement home for players looking to, to, end, to earn a little bit of money at the end of their career. But yeah. I think he's still got the appetite for it. I, I think, you know, really come back into... Um, the Premier League and what Chris said earlier is like the circus that is the Premier League I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. he would have really wanted to put himself back in the firing line as it were if he mm, really didn't mm. have the taste for it So, or the taste for the £10 million that might be I mean come <laughs> on he's, get, he's getting paid £8 million quid a year in China yeah. which is known for being the place that just throws money good money after yeah. bad in terms of football yeah. yet West Ham have topped Right. But, I mean, most people who go to China have to take a bit of a pay cut to come back into the Premier League. And, yeah. and, and West Ham mm. go, no, no, don't worry about that. We'll give, we'll, we'll, we'll give, we'll give you a pay rise to come back. And yeah. he's, he retired when he went to China. He's going into even more semi-retirement coming back. Joining us on the phone now, then, is, um, Alex Shah- is Ash Sharma. He's a Spanish football journalist um, over in Spain. Good evening, Ash. Hi, Alex. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, okay, so uh, Manuel Pellegrini, he spent, uh, was it a season at Real Madrid? Yeah, he did. It was uh, it was quite a bizarre thing, really, because he actually amassed the highest number of points that Real Madrid had ever accrued in a season. That's before Jose Mourinho, who, who took over from him, um, but was sacked because he wasn't able to do the one thing that Madrid wanted, which was to overhaul Barcelona and win La Liga. Mm. But to be honest, it was a very, very uh, unfair scenario because we're talking about the Barcelona of Guardiola when you had uh, Xabi at his best, Iniesta at his best, Messi completely dominating. Yeah. And it was a formidable. I mean, we, we, we all talk about that Guardiola-Barcelona team. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a team on the planet that could have stopped them. So I think it was a bit harsh. But he had a good season with them, but mm. unfortunately, that's all it was. Um, how did the Real Madrid fans take to Pellegrini then during that season? You know, because uh, it's, 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 you know, managerial jobs over in Spain are probably more cutthroat than anywhere else. So what, what was the, what's the general kind of feel towards Mr. Pellegrini over there from Real Madrid? Yeah, I, I think very much fans felt that um, he, he could have done with perhaps having another season to have another crack at Barcelona. I think fans at the time, I, mean, I was there in Madrid, I watched most of their games. The football was, it wasn't an issue. They, they weren't playing a negative, uh, a boring style. I mean, he's mm. perhaps a, a cautionary manager. I mean, he came through as a central defender, so uh, defensive now is perhaps his priority. But that doesn't mean to say that he doesn't play with flair. 
uh, in the time that he was there, they brought in players like Xabi Alonso and uh, Karim Benzema. And perhaps that first season, when these players were bedding in, you know, he would have perhaps done better by having a season more at least mm. to show what he could do. I think what perhaps made it difficult for him was they had some disasters, like in the Spanish Cup, they got knocked out by Alcon, which was like almost a, uh, you know, like a, um, a non-league team winning. Uh, and that doesn't really help, as you say, so volatile in Spain. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to win every game and against the smaller teams, you're supposed to thrash them in every game. And of course, that's not the reality of football. Mm. I think in general, fans felt that he did a good enough job. He could have done with more, one more season, perhaps, but maybe the reason why there wasn't such an uproar that he left was because Pellegrini, as, as we've seen in the days at Man City, he's quite a staid, dour kind of figure. He's not going to be apoplectic on the touchline like a Guardiola or a mm. Klopp. Uh, he's quite reserved. He, you know, he's quite considered. He's a very intelligent man, and yeah. um, perhaps that kind of haughtiness, not so much as the word, but that sort of reserve, if you like, uh, meant that you know perhaps fans didn't mind seeing the back of him. But I think on reflection. They feel perhaps he did a good job and he could have had more time. Ash, what can West Ham fans expect from Pellegrini from the off? Um, I mean, what? go on. Yeah, no, I was going to... You know, the interesting thing about Pellegrini is, uh, to me, to be honest, it's not so much what he did at Real Madrid or what he did at Manchester City. I would say it's what he did at Villarreal. Now, this club, which is even smaller than West Ham, they, they have a capacity of no more than 20,000, 23,000, a very small budget, yet he took them in three seasons into the Champions League. They reached the semi-finals. They came second in La Liga. He really did break that barrier between Real Madrid and Barcelona, playing a very attacking, very fluid, one-touch football. Um, so... That tells you straight away that if you give him a limited budget, if you put him in a... Maybe many people think of him as, oh, yeah, but he was at City, they had money. He was at Madrid, they had money. But what really made him was the time he was at Villarreal where he didn't have money and he had to make do with what he had available and he did a spectacular job. Villarreal never before had reached such heights and never after had reached such heights. So I think if he was given the squad that you have at West Ham when you have players like, say, Lanzini, who's a very creative talent, uh, I think he's the kind of manager that could really bring out the best in what he has. He would have a very organized defense. He would give you a structure straight away and, you know, look to add on that little bit of creative touch, if you like, that little bit of gloss that you need for the matches, which are going to be a bit tight. But things that he has done and he has experience of by having managed at the high level with Man City where it's expected, with Real Madrid where it's expected, and where he did deliver. So I actually think he would be a very good choice for West Ham. Uh, and, and really, you know, could you think of a almost a better manager for, for a club like West Ham in this situation, uh, given that they have a limited budget? Uh, you know, you've got a manager that, if he comes on board, has won, uh, you know, the championship in England with Man City, is manager on Madrid, so he knows what pressure is like, but he's also done it with a smaller club like Villarreal. How, how do you see him, um, how do you see him working under West Ham's owners? You know, obviously, a lot has been said about the likes of David Sullivan and the way he likes to work in the transfer window, and um, do you think Pellegrini is the type of man manager to be able to deal with the, the way that West Ham operates as a football club? Well, I think anyone who can operate with the way Real Madrid work That's true, um, yeah. can deal with it. Because at Real Madrid, you really wouldn't be the person going into uh, you know, someone like Perez, who's the president, who's a man in his own right and runs the club, and say, oh, wait, I want him, him and him. You know, you, you get what you're given and you're expected to, to perform wonders with that. Um, but he never had an issue with that. He was never in the way that Mourinho had an issue. Okay, Mourinho had more time to get irritated. But even at Manchester City, Pellegrini, he's never been a manager that's been associated with having, if you like, Rafa Benitez-style tantrums with the boardroom. Um, he's always played it the way it should be played. His focus is... I'm here to coach, and the rest of it can take care of itself. Now, you can create difficult environments for him to work in, which doesn't help, but he's not going to be a manager that's going to turn around and say, well, you know, uh, I'm up in arms with what's happening here. Uh, he's not going to be a Conte. He's not going to be a Benitez. He's going to go in, and also he's an intelligent man with experience. He's going to go in knowing what the situation is, and I think if Pellegrini accepts the job at West Ham, he will go in knowing the limitations that he may have, 
knowing the kind of management that he has to work under. Let's not forget, he knows the Premiership. He's probably played against West Ham for, for, for Man City. So he's not going into a league that he doesn't know anything about. So I, I, I don't think that would be an issue. I think for him the more concern would be, what do I have in terms of footballing talent available to me? What do I have in terms of funds so I can see what I can bring in? And then how do I mould this into a successful season um, You know, if, if he gets the job? With West Ham and their, sort of their, their talent pool at the minute, one of the biggest players for them, certainly under Moyes, was Marko Anatovic. And he's known as a bit of a tricky character. I think it's, uh, you, he needs a special brand of management. Has, um, has Pellegrino got sort of uh, the pedigree in Spain of looking after this type of character? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you if you look at the history of Pellegrini at the clubs that he's managed and the players that he's had to deal with in that time, um, you know, when you have expectation at such a high level, um, um, certainly at Real Madrid, which he did, uh, you really have to be able to. And 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 let's let's not forget what we talk about Real Madrid. You know, you really are talking about almost a hierarchy within the dressing room. Mourinho had this problem. Mourinho had a problem when he dropped Iker Casillas and the whole squad just turned around and he couldn't handle it. Now, if you take someone like Mourinho who who can struggle with uh, a squad like Real Madrid, in that one season that uh, Pellegrini was in charge, let's not forget, they weren't winning La Liga, so they were always behind Barcelona and that could be many a reason for players to feel frustrated, agitated, but there were never any stories, there were never any problems that he had with the players. He's always maintained a very good link with players. He's an intelligent man, and he understands that you need to work sometimes with diplomacy, sometimes with a bit of coercion, and I think... And, and I think he probably proved that at Manchester City as well. So a player like Anatovic, I think he's probably a player that when he's playing and he's scoring, you can keep him happy. And someone like Pellegrini would, would understand that. Now, whether he would feel that he's the player that he wants to have and he wants to build things around and give him that, that's another thing. Um, if he doesn't, then he will have an alternative, and that will be to one. So he's strong enough to be able to make that decision, but he's also wise enough to understand that if that's what he has and there aren't in, in, any more funds to bring in a better player, then he's not the kind of coach that's going to cause an issue with that. He's going to adapt to that, work around that, and see, well, can I make this work? I think that's pretty much his approach. I. I've not done one-to-one interviews with him, but I've been in scenarios when he was at Real Madrid, when he spoke to the media, and the Spanish media are very probing. They always want to know about this, they want to know about that, if one player gets dropped, or what's the reason. But his philosophy, his way of thinking was always really to base it around, well, what are the needs of the player, and how does that serve the team? And then I need to make that player understand that the function is for the team and not for you individually. And if the players buy into that, then they understand it. And of course, if you then get results and victories, then of course it's a happy ship to keep. Mm. But I would I would say that's a scenario for any manager. If okay. you're winning, and even if you're not playing, you accept it. Okay. The problems, I guess, can arise if you're losing, playing badly, or one player feels that he should be in a team or another mm. one. He's never had those problems. And I, and I think part of the reason is not so much because maybe he hasn't had those types of players. I think you have to give him credit and say perhaps he's the kind of manager that doesn't have that issue. Compare that to Mourinho, who's been very successful, but always has had those moments with players. He's in at Chelsea, he's okay. at Manchester United, and it's certainly happened at Real Madrid. Okay. That's not his personality. Okay. One of the questions and from, from what from what you're saying there, Ash, it sounds like Pellegrini's very sort of comfortable at just adapting and basically doing what his bosses are saying. Surely West Ham need a manager right now who's actually going to say to the owners, no, no, you, I'm not going to just go along with what you're saying. We should be doing it this way. Sure, yes, absolutely. But then you probably wouldn't want to recruit uh, a manager like Pellegrini. Uh, I think I think it's it's it's. Um, it's an interesting thing to think, isn't it? And we have to be careful here. We have to say, what does West Ham need? Does it need a manager that's going to be abrasive with the owners and say, listen, I need to go in like that and I need to do this? If that's, say, what the fans feel and that's what the thinking is, then perhaps Pellegrini isn't the person because he's not going to do that. If you're looking for a manager that can say, right, what do we have? What can I get? And let's see what I can do with that. And let me just get on with the job in my own quiet way. I'm not going to be spectacular. I'm going to make statements every day. I'm not going to come out and, and be a sensational headline for the newspapers. If that's what they want and see what they can do, bring him on because he's got the experience. He's won a trophies. He's, he's managed top players. So I, I guess it's a case of 
really, I suppose what I'm saying is, is that we must be careful not trying to fit Pellegrini into every sort of uh, basket or into every sort of hole and just say, well, the first scenario is, what is that West Ham needs? What kind of a manager is needed there? Mm-hmm. And if it is, as you suggest, someone that really has to say, no, it's got to be done like that, then I would suggest, from the experience of what we know about Pellegrini and his record, he's not the man. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone that can get on and do a job and has maybe certain limitations or knows that he has to work to a certain structure, then he could probably do a better job than many other managers that the club could bring in. What do you make of what? Uh, let's go on to what Ash said then about um, about Pellegrini. Uh, does that does that make you more as a West Ham fan? Does that make you more comfortable with his appointment? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think everything that he said. What would... stood out for you? Well, I mean, style of play is one thing. Mm. Um, the fact that he's you know he can adapt. Um, he doesn't need to work with a budget to be successful. Like yeah. what he did at Villarreal was very very impressive, wasn't it? Mm. Um, with a lack of lack of money and um, Malaga too, and Malaga. And I think you know I think if he could come in and, and I'm not saying he's going to take West Ham to the semi-finals of the Champions League eventually, but yeah. you know, if he can come into West Ham and and really stabilise the football club, get us playing a nice brand of football, mm. um, get us winning football matches, particularly at home. Yeah. Um, and just like reinstate that really good feel, you know, feel good factor at the club. I think then it'd, it'd have done a good job. Mm. You know, if we finished, you know, ninth, tenth, eleventh in our first season, I don't think anyone would would begrudge him that. You mm. know, the fans want progression. Mm-hmm. I think if you know, if, if I think it's rumored to be a three year contract by the end of that three years, yeah. if we're sitting there in you know comfortably in the top ten, maybe mm. pushing for sixth, seventh, or eighth, then I think it's good, and, I, and he's proven that he can do that. Um, and I think what Ash said, you know, it really filled me with a lot of confidence that we're making the right decision here. I I can see where you're coming from with that. I mean, he did do a fantastic job with both Villarreal and, and Malaga in terms of taking, I hate to say it, James, but a lower level team in the league and, and work its work their way up the up the table. But he did do that quite a few years ago and his last couple of his last two jobs have been um working with City, obviously, to to mm. sort of take them with money and it was a all right, it was an easy life, but it was obviously a high-pressured life. But it was an easier life than doing a doing a Villarreal. But then also then chasing the money in in China. That's uh, that's a big statement that you've made. And then somebody's coming in and they're offering him more money, three years, thirty million quid, easy job. Won't r- won't ruffle the uh, the Sullivan feathers too much. Uh, that's quite an easy gig. I, I don't know whether it demonstrates he's got the hunger to actually do what West Ham need to right. actually move him up the, the, so you, the table. Do you see both you guys have slightly different uh, opinions on? On him then. Well, obviously, my, mine's a little bit biased in the fact that I've been craving a manager like Pellegrini of his stature to, yes. come to, to, to my football club. Yeah. Um, and now it looks like we're going to get that mm-hmm. um, with all the, the bells and whistles that, that come with that. And you yeah. know, it, it's promising from my point of view. Um, in great West Ham fashion, it could all you know go terribly wrong, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it did go terribly wrong. But the the, the thing for me at the moment is that the foot, West Ham, David Sullivan, David Gold, whoever's been involved in this, yeah. um, they've actually gone and tried th- done this, yeah. and they've f- for once they've shown a little bit of ambition. They've gone and done it. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you rather think, rather had Rafa? I wanted Rafa. Um, I think I, I think I probably would have preferred Rafa ah interesting okay. um, only because he's still in the Premier League mm, yeah. um, he's you know, m- like recent Premier League so he'd have been a little bit more clued up but you know yeah, I don't think he was ever going to leave Newcastle no. um, I think it was a bit of a bit of a long shot I know he was close to managing us before but okay, um, still second choice though isn't he really in a, in, in a lot of people's eyes Pellegrini he's well, probably even in his eyes if he can get over the, uh, so, that fact I mean Benitez was clearly marked out as so, so was, number one so was mm. Bilic um, and then right. Benitez ended up at Real Madrid he was two mm. hours away from signing his contract yeah. when Bilic arrived t- w- turned his car around and went to Ra- uh, Real Madrid <laughs> so we had to make I wonder why had to, yeah, exactly so we had to make the call to, to Bilic and Bilic came in and had a really good first season So, did you guys watch the uh, Europa League final? yes it just no. collapsed a bit after Dimitri Payet had to go off I, 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 I felt that that had a massive psychological impact on the rest of the team and they just gave up after that yeah I, I think that's a fair summary I think it actually collapsed um, when the central midfielder failed to control a pass oh, out yeah, from the back yeah. and, uh, and, and, yeah. and gave Atletico uh, yeah. an, an absolute free but I think that was the yeah. point where Payet thought yeah this hamstring's still feeling a bit dodgy it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a hard run in from here I'll, uh, I'll have yeah. the rest of the night off and, say, and save my legs to get called up for the World Cup which of course he didn't get called up for the no. World Cup so he's feeling like a, an absolute muppet right now Do you have any sympathy for Payet after what happened with <laughs> <West Ham? laughs> 
No. <laughs> no, you really I don't. don't like it. I mean, I didn't watch the game, uh, but I was following it on Twitter, and when it happened, I'd be lying if uh, I said I didn't. In his defence, though, I he... didn't laugh out loud. All right. Well, in his defence, you know, if I'm Dimitri Park, I'm saying, well, look, I was promised all these, all these new players and all these things, just like you were. Are you? Is there any surprise why I left? There, there are ways and means of doing things, and. Okay. Refusing to train yeah, okay. until he's sold is not one of them. Uh, particularly when Mate, he Andy knew. Carroll's been refusing to train for the last three That's years. That's true. That's true. But particularly, <laughs> particularly where he know he knew how much West Ham fans adored, adored him. Yeah, he was he was a god for a season and a bit, and he just went. Oh, do you know what? I don't pay for you anymore. I'm not even going to train. Sell me now. Oh, come on, mate. Oh, it's not, it's not that's fair, a, that's is it? That's the thing with gods. If you treat them like wives, they'll always disappoint you. Yeah, well, <laughs> we know that now. The thing is, though, we've been treating Arnautovic a bit like that now, so I'm half expecting him next season to go, oh, no. <laughs> no, not Arnautovic, please. Yeah. Let's go back to Manuel Pellegrini. What can we expect from him in the transfer window, then? Um, what do you think he's going to come and go? Yaya Torre, perhaps? Yeah, I say, Yaya sitting by his, uh, by whatever device he's, he's using for his transfer I think he'd be stuff. a great addition to any I, side. I, actually, he's I still think, got I, a season yeah, yeah. in him, I think. I, I said a couple of years years ago jokingly that Yaya would end up at West Ham after he, he said that or Pep said he was never going to play for City again and I was thinking that was going to be a very bad move but actually he's looked very very good in the uh, in the recent sort of games he's played so he's still, yeah. got an, he's still got at least another year in Premier League football I think I think so too and uh, yourself James <sighs> see I'm oh really I there's a surprise. Come on, J- J- James goes against. I've said something positive about West Ham, and now you're, now you're going to disagree with me. It's yes, incredible, sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Um, I, don't get me wrong, Yaya Torre in a West Ham shirt. I think. I mean, it would be a good signing in that we'd probably sell a lot of shirts globally because <laughs> um, he's a big name, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah. I think we need to get away from this. Let's buy a 35 year old just because he's yeah. he is who he is. Yeah. yeah. We, we signed Patrice Ever. Yeah, uh, out, this like, is Yaya Toure. I know, but Patricio is still a big name. Yeah, no, I'm, I know Yaya Toure is no. a big name, but he's a he's got a bigger influence on a team Toure than ever has ever had. Y- yes, oh. yeah, um, but I think you're telling me Yaya Toure couldn't get into your current West Ham y- midfield. Yaya Toure would, would, but would. my only I just think we should be looking to we look, we should be looking at players that are going to be in the team for three or four years and not for three or four months. But you can still look at players like that and have Yaya Toure in there too. Oh, okay, we'll sign Yaya Torre. <laughs> well, you, you're going to sign Yaya yeah, Torre. Sign there, anyway. I mean, he's seen Zabaleta there. As you say, he's put, there's going to be a chance that he's going to keep try and keep Joe Hart now. All yeah, he needs yeah. is Gail Clichy, and you're well on the way to it being 2011 I, again. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying, though. You know, you do have some reservations about the kind of players that you're going to bring in because of what's happened in the past. I get that. I think, though, that there is a big opportunity for West Ham to do to do this intelligently. You know, if I'm going to look at someone like Yaya Torre, I'm not going to compare him to someone like Zabaleta or, or Patrice Evra. I'm not going to do that because he's not those players. Yaya Torre, I think, still has... I think he's got a year left in him playing at the top level in the Premier League. If he's got the hunger there, he's got it. And I think, in my own opinion, if I could take him at any other top six Premier League club, I would I, I would absolutely bite your hand oh. off. Now, being a top six... <laughs> I'd, I'd bite your hand off. But you agree with me, don't you? No. 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 Oh, OK. Top six? I think so, Top six? Yeah. What, are you David would... Moyes? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Don't give me But listen, I, I, think, I think for me, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of any one particular club. Yes, I have some affections for Leicester. He's not going to go there. My second team, I, I don't... Mm, all right. I like Arsenal. I feel a bit only because I feel a bit sorry for them. I think they could do with someone like Yaya. They've been crying out for Yaya for years in that team. They've never replaced Vieira. He was the man that was the answer to Arsenal's midfield, an answer, to, uh, uh, you know, a question that went unanswered for many, many seasons. And I know that he's got one season left. I think he's got one season left in him. Uh, and I think I, I would love to see him at Arsenal. I'm a little jealous that he's going to West Ham. He almost signed for Arsenal years ago. Didn't yeah, he? there, but yeah. I think. Don't get me wrong. I, if we signed him, uh, or should I should say when we sign him, um, <laughs> I'm not going to go. Oh my god, why no. sign him? But I do have my my doubts over whether it's a good idea. Whether he's got the hunger, that's my question. But well, you that, don't think. And he's... and the fact that how much are we be paying him a week? I mean, what's he on at City? Two hundred and fifty, three hundred grand a week. And you can say yeah, he's, he's going to have to take a big old. Yeah, but, so that, yeah, that's yeah, probably going to be four hundred grand. Yeah, but, yeah, then, yeah. yeah, but they've not included birth, birthday cakes in that. That, well, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean the way that the way we're 
West Ham's been run recently. We'll, we won't even remember. We won't even remember to give him a contract to sign, <laughs> let alone a birthday. You don't think he's a top six? You don't think? I don't think he's top six. When you're talking about sort of, would he get into Liverpool's midfield? No. Would he get into? Well, he's, he's not, not getting into City's. Well, he's midfield, not fast obviously. enough. He's not fast yeah. enough. Would he get into Man United? Well, he's slow enough to get into Man United's midfield at the moment. <laughs> so, so that would work. Would he get into Arsenal? Are still top six, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he might just about sneak into Arsenal's one. Chelsea, no. I mean, I mean, I know Kante can run around a lot, but. He's yeah. going to have to run around a hell of a lot yeah, if yeah. Uh, if he's partnered with Yaya Torre in Chelsea's midfield. So okay. I like Torre. I think he's got another year in him. Uh, I don't think it's top six. Okay. I think probably uh, bottom bottom half of the table is about right for him. And he can still have an impact. Mm. He can still have a positive impact to that level. Coming up in the show, still to come, uh, we'll talk about James Collins uh, as well. We'll talk about the summer transfers, um, some of the rumours doing the round. Also, we'll be going, uh, taking some trips down memory lane as well. We'll be hearing from some Hammers fans who uh, have been talking about their Upton Park memories, standing outside Upton Park and talking about their memories of it as well. So stay tuned to uh, Love Sport Radio to hear all of that. Uh, We've also got a quiz, which I've not touched on yet, but it's been so interesting talking about Pellegrini, I've not really had a chance. But I'll get to it when I can. Um, What about other players that you're expecting to arrive at West Ham? Well, it's Joe Hart, it's the, the big one. Oh, to leave. Uh, well, or to stay. Now okay. Pellegrini's coming in. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance that he might go. He'd be going on the cheap, won't he? I don't think his future at Man City's gone. I think there's mm. a chance that he could come in. Um, what about the players he's going to attract into into City? Then we've already talked about Yaya. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Shakiri, isn't there? I mean, he's uh, okay, yeah. he's, he's going to be leaving Stoke in the in the summer. Uh, it would well, they've already done quite well bringing in a, a flamboyant player from Stoke um, in, in Arnautovic that's turned out a lot better than I certainly thought it was mm, probably yeah. going to do why not try it again with Shakiri? Uh, you yeah. never know I mean you could just work your way through a few of the Stoke players maybe go to West Brom pick up a couple of them as well and before you know it you've got a, you've got a cracking team Fellaini, so. Fellaini. he's a West Ham player through and through Fellaini isn't he James? yeah if you still have Sam Allardyce in charge but no, nah, I mean, other than who else then? What other players? Well, you other than you, you know, I, I don't think we should be spending a lot of time concentrating on attacking players. Okay, yeah, um, no, we've right. spoken about this before. We've got, we've yeah. already got our, our attacks pretty much done. It's central midfield, Yaya Torre, uh, and then defence. Mm. Um, we we really need. I mean, James Collins is mm. is, is gone, so we've only got what three centre halves now. How long's Winston Reid out for? Is he? Uh, is he, he should, be, next should be back for yeah. next season. Yeah, but and then we've got him, Declan Rice, and Ogbonna. Mm. Um, we need to strengthen there. Yeah, couple couple of fullbacks as well. But are there players again that you're expecting to to to, to arrive when Pellegrini does sign for you? This is the thing because th- there aren't any other than the whole talk about Yaya Toure right. and the potential that he might say. Do you know what I want? I want to keep Joe Hart mm. because he's not been announced yet. There has been nothing mm. or no hint at who he really will be targeting. Okay. Um, so at the moment we're in the dark a little bit. You know the Shakiri rumours are still going, regardless of Pellegrini. Yeah. Um, mm. So it looks like there's, there might be a little bit of juice in that, but mm. other than that, you know, it really is. I mean, if he's announced in the next twenty four, forty eight hours, then I think that's when we'll start seeing the the rumor the rumor mills really yeah. hot up on on West Ham front, and we might actually get a good idea of what his ideas are and sort of where he's looking to strengthen. But he's been out of the European game for at least a couple of years now, so nobody really knows what. Pellegrini's current style there is what are the types of defenders mm. he might be looking at it's, yeah. it's not that it's a shot in the dark because obviously he does have sort of English football pedigree but yeah. he's he's not massively relevant right now so and it will also depend on if this uh, proposed he is now in charge of like the transfers can he bring in the sporting director or the foot director of football that he wants mm. that's going to have a major influence on the on the type of player that West Ham will go for as well have they got any money to spend and, yeah it depends on on where, how they're going to look to spend that money. Are they going to spend it on big wages on a yaya, or are they going to spend it more intelligently on on young players who might have potential resale value? My money would be on the slightly less intelligent form of maybe trying to back together a team that was good, sort of three or four years ago. So keeping a Joe Hart, bringing you'd go along with that. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I do see the logic in doing that in sort of bringing back some of his former former trustees. Yeah. Um, Worked brilliantly for Moyes at Sunderland <laughs> for like one game. Yeah, but um, not even that. I don't think. But right. yeah, um, yeah. I, I see. I can see why he he might look into doing that. Mm, okay. Um, but it's, it's only really a short term fix, isn't it? Mm. He's taking on a project at West Ham, so. 
Uh, what about the players that are going to go? You think you're, you're not sure about uh, Joe Hart? Are you whether he'll stay? Or well, it's, it's now it's Pellegrini. I think it's fifty-fifty. Which read Joe Hart's concerned. Mm. Anyone else you think will go? I don't think Zabayeta will stay. He's got one more year and he's yeah. going to stay. Um, Ever's already been released. James Collins yeah. has been released. Um, so it literally it, we can't afford to get rid of anyone. Well, Hernandez is one of the interesting ones, isn't he? Because under pretty much every other manager other than Pellegrini, he might be considered the sort of striker that's too much of a luxury. I mean, he didn't. He hasn't had a great time in his life. Mm. And they've never really set themselves up to play to his strengths. Yeah. But with Pellegrini coming in, he is the sort of striker that the, the, the guy likes. So yeah. there's every chance that he could uh, see a resurgence in his, in his career. But I, th- I think with that, I think it, it could be the end for Andy Carroll. Okay. Um... Interesting. I mean, he's got, he's got a year left. Hmm. I think they went for him, given that he's cost us a lot over the years. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it could it could be the end for, for Andy Carroll. But other than that, I mean, I'd like to see Hernandez stay, I hmm. think, because, you know, we haven't really we'll seen the two, two definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't I can't see anyone that I, I would go. Yeah, I'd, I'd sell him. You're excited for the season under Pellegrini, then? I'm, I'm excited now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you. I was excited last year, though, and under, for for Slavin Bilic, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the knives were out for Bilic, um, but even before the season started, I found well, it a little bit weird. not from not from the fans, not from the beginning of the season, because he had a poor everyone knew that he had the. He had the, season, uh, the the new stadium to deal mm. with mm. in the first season. Thought we might do right in the second second season. He, he bought Joe Hart at the beginning was going to be a good signing. Hernandez, but then he'll fill apart. Yeah, quiz time. Go for it. Okay, right. Question number one for you, James. Your very first match of the season, 2017-2018, was a friendly on July the seventeenth, 2017, but against what side? Wait. A first match. Yeah, it was a friendly. Fulham, Bremen, or Sturm Graz? Ah, oh, that would have been Sturm Graz. Okay. It was. It was Sturm yeah, Graz. Yeah, be- I'm better when you actually give me give me half a chance. <laughs> West Ham United made five first team signings. That was Pablo Zabaleta. Yes, it was Pablo Zabaleta. Not bad. Not bad. Two Not out bad. of two. Two out of two on a roll. In which country did West Ham take on Manchester City in a pre-season friendly in August? Oh, that was Iceland. Yes, it was. From which club did Chicharito join West Ham from? By Leverkusen. Yes, four out of four. Marco Anortovic is West Ham's number seven, but which number did the Austrian wear for the season opener against Manchester United? 27. It was. Five out of five. This is really good. Who scored West Ham's United West Ham United's first Premier League goal of the season? Chicharito. Yes, it was. Against Southampton. Declan Rice made his first West Ham start against Southampton in August. How many senior appearances in all competitions did he make in the campaign? Thirty. I'll give you some options. It was 26, 29, or 31. 31. And it was 31, yes. <sighs> it was close. What, was the, what, was the, what was the score when West Ham beat Huddersfield Town in the first Premier League victory of the campaign? 2-0. Yes, it was. Doing really well, though. Who scored your first goal of the season at the London Stadium in that win over Huddersfield? Pedro Obiang. Yes, it was. It was Pedro Obiang. Uh, Arta Masiaku scored his first goal for the club with a rocket of a strike. Which opponent, though? Bolton. In the, in the Carabao Cup. It was Bolton. Okay, we'll go to uh, we'll go to the last one now before we <laughs> before we get on to James Collins. In that same game, which academy prospect came off the bench for their first senior appearance? Ooh, now that's a good good question. How, how well versed are you in your academy prospects? I know I'm, I'm quite I'm quite good. I, I think is it Seed Haksabanovic? No. Uh, it's not Josh Cullen, is it? No. Three strikes and you're out. Can you give me a clue? Oh dear. Um, 
Oh, give, give me multiple choice, like, like you did it out. Okay, uh, was it Dan Kemp, Nathan Holland, Tony Martinez? Nathan Holland. You see, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> You're going to get it. It was yeah, Nathan Holland. Nathan Holland yeah. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> Too much of a role, you see, and I don't like giving those clues because as soon as you give a clue, they get the answer. You True, want someone to memory, k- keep thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel, we've got to try and make that harder for you. Uh, okay, let's talk about James Collins. We touched on him briefly last week. Been told via email that he's not being offered a new contract. Um, so let's start with you, uh, Chris. Uh, not, not a very good way of telling someone. It's not the best way to find out that the club that you've been at for, what, 11, 12 years, your, your missus is from the area, you, you've been in the, in the fa- with the fans watching yeah. a few games this season and stuff. Not the best way to find out that you're not going to be there anymore, but, uh, but a bit more advanced than some of the other ways that the West Ham board might have let him know in, in recent seasons. So yeah. a bit of progress, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on it? I think James. I think I'm not surprised. This is the way it's been handled, but uh, equally, I think it's a disgrace. Okay. I think a club, uh, well, a, a player like James Collins is given so many years of service. Someone said to me today, "Well, he has been paid well for that." So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, <laughs> you know, but it's a bit of courtesy, though, it, isn't no, it? I don't really care. It, it costs nothing. I don't care how much he's getting paid. At the end of the day, he's been a brilliant servant to West Ham well, yeah. for twelve years. Yeah. twelve years. A bit of courtesy is over, over two. I think two hundred and fifteen appearances. Um, he loves West Ham. Mm. Bleeds current and blue, and he really, really wanted to stay on for another year. What happened then? How was he told? Was it literally just an email? Was it like like Phil Collins who sent a fax when he dumped his girlfriend in 1990? I would have been more impressed if they did send him a fax. <laughs> that, that would have been, <laughs> that been that really, really good, really good fax. Because, yeah. I, I mean, fax play. machines don't exist in football anymore, yet they still get rolled out every single transfer window as an excuse for something or other. Yeah. If that was true, then I would have gone fair play. Yeah. But it's, it wasn't. It was an email. Um, the club um, allegedly say that, oh, no, he was told mm. that he wasn't going to be getting a new contract. Um, but then the likes of Matty Everton, his former West Ham teammate, has taken to Twitter to say that no, yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't told, and he's absolutely gutted about the fact that he got sent an email. Mm. Right. Um, when you've got someone like Matthew, Matthew Everton who played for the club and knows him very well, yeah. going public with that, yeah, it, it's th- not good. It's not good. Well, Danny Gabadon as well. Danny Gabadon as well. So I mean, they got signed for West Ham with James Collins. They both signed together mm. all those years ago. Yeah, and they're really good mates. Both come from Cardiff, so. West Ham haven't dealt with this very well. Um, there, there are lots of fans out there who think that Collins deserves a testimonial. Um, right. Apparently in that email there was no mention of a testimonial. Really? That's um, harsh. And as much as I love Mark Noble, they've given Mark Noble a testimonial and he's still playing for the club. So if you're going to let Collins go, at least go, do you know what? We'll give you a testimonial yeah. as well. You deserve it. So, yeah, the, the fans have been outraged about this. Um you know about this the way that they let James Collins go is this is this another event to back up claims that the owners are out of touch yes I mean it's there's only one club that you could expect to do this and it and it is West Ham in in the current Premier League sort of lineup it's just another one in a long long line of from my point of view hilarious events yeah which are brilliant for us to write about but when it comes down to it, the guy is a servant who deserves a lot more respect than, than he's mm. been shown there. I mean, he, even if you or I went into a went into work morning and, uh, and our boss let us let us go via email, you'd, you'd probably be taking it to HR and, uh, and, yeah. and getting some kind of sort of suit sorted out. So <laughs> it's, it's just it's scandalous from the, from the West Ham board, but mm. nobody's surprised. Nobody's surprised in in the slightest that they've that they've done it this way. And I'm sure we could all hazard a guess at who signed off the email. So. And uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's still still going strong at West Ham. Mm. Yeah, I I just think that I don't even I I've, I think I've said all I can on it to be fair because it it breaks my heart to think that the, the club that I that I love yeah. still thinks it's okay just to treat yeah to to treat their longest standing squad members in in that way. They I must mean. have a defence for it though. They must have. Well, was I, he told? Was he told? No. I, suppose, I suppose I suppose we will never know whether really whether he was or not because that just seems really cold, doesn't the, it? The biggest clue to the fact that he wasn't told is the fact that the club are saying he was told. That's that's the absolute. So the club are lying. Yeah, for me potentially, whatever I need to say to make sure that I, 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 this doesn't come back on me, the club are lying about it. There's yeah, I, if you've got the likes of Etherington, who's got no real reason to come out and sort. Of, I mean, it must have sparked such a chord with him that he mm-hmm. felt the need to come out and, and defend it. Same with Gabadon. It's 
Well, Who are you going to believe? Well, we the players well, we or, or West Ham? Well, we obviously don't have, don't have West Ham on here to, to, to defend themselves with it. Um, you know, and uh, be interested to see what they do say. Uh, it, it, it'd be worth actually probably emailing emailing the club and asking them you know what happens if well, you get back, back e- to us with I a statement e- email is their preferred method of communication yeah. so that probably <laughs> that would, would be the way to go yeah, yeah. Yeah, that wanted to sound too ironic yeah. um, you know per- perhaps it is worth sending an email to, to West Ham United to ask to ask them uh, what their position on it is I th- I, um, sorry, I'm, go on. I'm just going to say that I think that this was their perfect chance Golden Sullivan and, mm. or whoever makes, whoever called the shots in this their perfect chance to really win the fans back really win the fans back yeah <laughs> you know they've gone okay well we're going to bring in this really big manager in Pellegrini yeah. fans are like yeah brilliant yeah don't yeah. forget about James Collins contract though and they're like mm-hmm. oh no we've just emailed him about that and what, what have you done yeah one step forward two steps yeah. back every time mm-hmm. they had this week they had the perfect chance to win the fans over or some fans over and they've Ruined it. It's not, it's not done it. They ruined it. Um, yeah. Well, I tell you what. I, this is definitely the opportunity now to, to to speak to the club about 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 where they stand on it. Um, you know, and then and then we'll, we'll be able to tell you on a. Uh, on Love Sport Radio, you know, if they come back to us and see what they say, I think that's the only fair way, isn't it? Obviously, because mm. you know, we need to give uh, the club a right to reply. Okay, so um, in regards to uh, everything, other things connected to the owners as well, of course, is the um, is the is the famous or infamous move from Upton Park. Um, and uh, my producer, if he looks any, if he looks interested, will know that uh, <laughs> will know that uh, uh, there was the move that happened, of course, last year uh, from Upton. No, hang on, two seasons ago from mm-hmm. Upton Park to uh, the London Stadium, and we've had all sorts of views from all sorts of West Ham fans talking about whether they've liked it or not, or how they feel about it, and obviously. We know that many West Ham fans uh, have been unhappy with with that and not so much maybe so much with the move with some fans, but more with the fact that, you know, what they were promised didn't come with uh, didn't come with the move. New players and all this kind of stuff and progress and, you know, but some just obviously always wanted to stay at Upton Park because of the emotional investment that they had. Uh, that they had there over the years. So what we've done is uh, we've got some audio from uh, West Ham fans who've been talking about their Upton Park memories, and they've been talking outside the ground. Natalie Spencer, Liam runs the Iron Views blog, also the Iron Views YouTube channel. This is courtesy of him then. And uh, so uh, let's hear from the West Ham fans and their memories of Upton Park. station and walking down to the ground. Yeah, all the old memories really, growing here. It's the old bowling ground, it's always been here. Oh, I guess it's the vibe of the match day, the singing of uh, I'm forever blowing bubbles, be interesting to see if the Olympic Stadium is anywhere near as good as that. It's just, just the history, I mean you think of the players before my time who played here, Moores, Hurst, Peters, Brookings, Devonshires etc, there's just, just so much history in the, in the ground and the area, it's going to be a real shame to see it go. To be honest, the atmosphere, it's just a lovely place, all my memories of West Ham are here, it's... Um, doesn't seem right moving, you know, to a new ground. Well, behind West Ham all the way, if they want to move to a bigger stadium to create more fans, then all well and good, but one stadium probably. I guess I'm nervous. I think it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we have to leave this ground where we've been for so many years. The ground, I guess, is, has so many memories for so many people. Yeah. I have some bad memories of trying to get on the tube at Upton Park Station, so I guess leaving from Stratford will be easier for me to get home. I think it's inevitable. Competitive now, you need a bigger ground, and 35,000 just isn't large enough for a team that's got the aspirations that West Ham has. Trepidation, I'd say. I can see why it's being done. I can see the merits, bigger capacity, etc. But this, to me, is West Ham. Part of me says it's a good thing. Uh, that's probably my head. My heart is saying it should. We should stay here. Practicality says otherwise. I'm afraid. You know. There you go, guys. Uh, this was obviously done a couple of a uh, couple of years ago, but uh, you know, fans giving their uh, giving their opinions on the move and everything. But um, yeah, I thought uh, this was quite moving when I was listening to that because you, you actually had fans outside the stadium, you know, giving 
giving their views on it all and uh, the music in the background obviously helped slightly um with uh you know with uh, with, the, with the feelings but uh it's two years on now and um you know those memories they'll still be there but it's time to make new ones i agree um listen back on some of that it did bring back a lot of great memories um maybe pine after upton park a little bit but i've always said you know we've moved into this stadium now it's time to sort of move on a little bit get over it yeah let's you know i don't like it when people go oh well there's there's, it's soulless there's no atmosphere in the new stadium we'll make an atmosphere atmosphere. turn up and sing yeah um by the way something interesting manuel pellegrini style of football might suit the size of the pitch yeah yeah i i would i'd hope that that would be the case i mean we've spoken before about how well man city do at london stadium yeah. Just because of the way that they play, yeah. very expansive, and the size of the pitch really does suit them. Yeah. They scored 14 goals in like four visits to, or three visits to London Stadium. Yeah. So if we can go, if we can sort of play very similar way, yeah, well, I'm not saying we're going to be as good as Man City no. are now, but you know, similar. similar I, can, I can guarantee if West Ham start trying to play like Man City at, at the Athletic Stadium, there's every chance there could be 14 goals quite quite regularly <laughs> in, in a month. That uh, which end though? Uh, yeah, well, ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is the bit I don't I don't get with with, with the West Ham side of it. They crave this attacking football, and Billich tried to deliver attacking football this season, did he not? Yeah, um, he's not just pure out and out attacking. Mm. He had the players at his disposal at City to do attacking football. He's done it in other ways and in other jobs. Mm. But this inherent desire to play beautiful football, there are so many teams that have wanted to make that transition from doing what they do to stay in the Premier League to then let's go and play football. And then look at the likes of Stoke, look at the likes of West Bromwich Albion, look at the likes of others who have done that and ended up in very tricky situations. Mm. Generally, I know I've made a couple of sort of a slightly barbed comments towards West Ham tonight, but I, I re- really would not want to see them end up going down. Mm-hmm. And any move that they suddenly make to just going, let's go and play attacking football, is going to come with a hell of a risk that they mm. could actually end up in trouble if they go too gung-ho with that. Okay, guys, uh, let's go back to the quiz. Michael and this is number you're, you know you've got 11 out of 11 so far wait there's more yeah well yeah because you've got all, the, all of them right I need to get to a question until you get one wrong ok mate <laughs> let's do it ok Michael Antonio scored his first goal of the season in October in a Premier League contest with who Burnley it was Burnley I remember it well 12 out of 12 October question number 13 October saw the Irons claim an excellent comeback win over Tottenham in the Carabao Cup who scored your third and winning goal in that game Angelo Bonner yes it was what a great day that was West Ham I love that I love I, Wendell I love your I love your tunes West Ham parted ways with Slaven Bilic in November now how many games was he in charge for I know this no clues on this one. I know Come this on. I know this it was more than 100 111 it was 111 <laughs> uh, okay number 15 you got 14 out of 14 this is really good complete the statement when David Moyes was appointed in November he became the club's what permanent manager it's in the teens I, th- I think it's 14 no it's 16 you got one wrong you got one wrong it's okay okay. that's fine you got one wrong let's go to number 16 then which former West Ham player did Moyes appoint to his coaching team Stuart Pearce it was of course Stuart Pearce even I knew that one (laughs) 17 David Moyes first match in charge of West Ham coincided with his 500th as a Premier League manager who was that against Watford it was Watford my word okay uh, number 18 who scored the first West Ham goal of David Moyes tenure as manager oh Michael Anatovic no I'm trying to think when that was I think I might know I know this I know this if I get this right do I win <laughs> Will it <laughs> snatch it snatch it away from me is it oh Winning. Winning goal. Uh, winning goal. Check Kuate. Okay, let's have a look. It was Check Kuate, yes. Oh, one all with Leicester, yeah. Uh, okay, number 19 then, the question 19. Marko Nortovic scored his first goal for the club in a 1 0 win against which side? Chelsea. Yes, it was Chelsea. 
At number 20, Mark Noble reached which milestone in West Ham's 3-0 win over Stoke in December? That would have been his... 50th West Ham goal. Or... Nah. Which, which, game, which game was it? Stoke. Stoke. Oh, no, he scored that one later. It would have been his 400th appearance. Which one are you going to go for? 400th appearance. No. 450th appearance. No. What's going on here? Which uh, milestone have I missed from my man Mark? Huh? Uh, you got one down. more go. No. 300 Premier League appearances. Nevertheless, oh, it was. I was close. You were got. You got 18 out of 20, and that's one of the best. That's one of the best returns you've ever had on this show. It's the best return you've ever had on this show. I'm quite pleased with my performance. So that last one, I'm. I'm. I'm going to kick myself. Yeah. Um, no pound in it though tonight. What did you spend it on, by the way? I can't remember now. I hope you spend it wisely. I think it's still sitting in my, sitting at home somewhere. You should be like a trophy. You should frame it and yeah. put it up on the wall and say, yeah. I won this pound at Love Sport Radio after winning Alex's quiz. Yeah, it's still at home somewhere. <laughs> you haven't spent it. That's brilliant. That's so romantic. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's so romantic. I think the thing with the England sort of squad for this time is that Southgate wants them to be, to be tactical flexible without sounding like a complete hipster here you've got players in there that can do a variety of different jobs Yeah. and Southgate isn't nailing his sort of his colours to we're definitely going to play one particular way he wants players that can adapt to different situations one thing that Rashford does bring whether he's doing it particularly well at the moment or not is he can play wide and he can play central he can run in behind and he's actually good enough to play sort of coming in short to get the ball to feet as well So, okay. but he's not massively informed he's not massively confident at the minute with Andy Carroll, all right, I I can understand the point that maybe Carroll could be a, an outside option, but I would personally love to see England as a footballing nation move away from the fact that it's not working, let's stick the big lad on up front and let's just pump the ball into it, yeah. personally. Okay. You mm-hmm. can do a lot more with a player like Rashford, with a player like Welbeck, mm-hmm. who can do particular jobs. You've got your central mm-hmm. striker in, in Harry Kane, and you've got Jamie Vardy as a good plan B, or even together in yeah. that situation. Mm-hmm. I do agree, though, to some extent that Rashford isn't doing what we hoped he might be doing as, yeah. as an England fan but then who would the next realistic option be on the list sort of moving backwards Danny Sturridge well he's no. he's although talented play he's always injured he's as well he's always injured yeah mm. um, and actually you mentioned Welbeck was for me was another surprise um, to be selected he loves in a goal for England though doesn't he Welbeck yeah, does he when was the last time he scored a goal for England <sighs> That's know. the thing. That's I, the, know. You know, but, I mean, his, his goals-to-game ratio is actually probably better than any other England striker. Well, Sam Allardyce has, got a, Sam Allardyce has yeah. got a 100% win rate, as has David, David Nugent's got a 100% scoring record for England, but I'm not going to recall him. <laughs> well, no, Welbeck hasn't got a 100% record, but he's got a good goal-to-game ratio, hasn't yeah. he? So. But so has Dave Nugent. Well, I mean... <laughs> that, that was a good finish as well. I mean, it was not I mean, easy to poke it, it over the line from half a yard in that situation. It was cheeky. It was cheeky, wasn't it? I mean... Yeah, so... Uh, what, was, what was my point? Uh, you, Ashley Barnes, that's right. You were saying that was... That's actually... That's a, that's a, that's a good shout. Yeah, I mean... You, uh, all right, Burnley have actually got a couple more players in the squad than I think most people would have thought at the start of the season they would end up having in the squad. But yeah. Ashley Barnes could probably feel a little bit disappointed not to have been included in that in at least in the reckoning because I mean he's, he's scored some good goals for Burnley he's scored some important goals for mm, Burnley this mm, year mm. and he does play in a, in a few different positions as well he's not just down the middle he's not a, a traditional target man yeah. but he's shown that he knows where the back of the net is he's, he must be confident because Burnley have had a very good season he would have been as I'd have been happy to see him in the squad personally. Okay. Um, any your, any opinions that you got, James, on the on the England squad that you were maybe surprised at or changes you would have made? Um, I, I like the way that Gareth Southgate is picking players on form and okay. not mm. reputation. I've Welbeck, been, Matt Rashford. Well, Welbeck was getting game time towards the end of the season. Um, not scoring. He scored, he scored a couple of goals. He did. He, did, okay. he, did, he was scoring at the end of the season. I think. I think the problem with England in, uh, in years gone by, um, with the likes of Roy, Roy Hodgson, with the likes of Sven, it was all about it, who you played for. Um, it was all about if you play for a top four, top five club, then you're gonna you, you're getting you're in. You, you're yeah. in. Doesn't matter how often you play. Doesn't matter who mm, you are. Mm. I mean, it was. I mean, look at Theo Walcott going to that World Cup. If he was still at Southampton at the age of sixteen, he was never going. Okay. Arsenal buy him, and it's like, 
oh, well, I've still got that 16-year-old English lad who looks quite good. I'd take him along. It's like, no, he's not even played for Arsenal yet, and you're taking him. Okay. Um, and the, the way, and that's been a problem with England for so many years now. So you don't um, think this is the case at the moment? No. And I don't think this is the case at the moment. I mean, if you look at the amount of caps that we've got in that squad, a lot of them are still only in single figures. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those players are, are being picked because of form. The fact that... Um, Jake the, Livermore's there. Jake Liver- I mean, well, he's on standby, isn't he? Livermore? Livermore's on standby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just think that it, it's a lot more refreshing. The fact that he didn't pick Joe Hart for me is is really refreshing to see from mm. from an England manager. But he's, he's been off form. He has been off form. But how many times have we seen him being off form before, and he still gets picked because mm. he played for Man City? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, he doesn't play for Man City anymore. He was playing for West Ham, uh, but he's been out of form. And Gareth Southgate said he's been out of form. He's not getting picked. And I like thirty seconds. I think there's one shout I would have loved to have seen sort of get uh, get into the squad, and that's the kid who's playing at Borussia Dortmund now, Jaden Sancho, who okay, was, yeah. uh, who was mm. at City and went over there. He's getting into the first team, and he's and he's actually having an impact on the first team in Dortmund. Is he? If you're going to throw a wild card in, if you weren't going to take a well back, right, I would have I would not have been disappointed to see Jaden Sancho. Okay, um, my my. my I've looked through that team and the one player that I am really happy Southgate took along was Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Hmm. Generally think he's a really good player and I think if he gets enough game time he could That's decide. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's but, had but, a good but, season at Palace. Yeah. He, had, he had a couple of injuries that held him back but when he came back from injury he yeah. was playing well and he, he, the, was, he was playing a the, part in a really good Palace side and, and he I, gets picked for England. And, good. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's good. But for me there are there are too many not so goods when I look at when I look at that squad. But, you know... There's nothing wrong with Phil Jones. He, he had a great <laughs> cup final <laughs> yeah, and that is the kind of defensive bedrock that you want to build a future World yes. Cup winning squad around. Of course. Guys, thank you so much uh, for your time again this evening Chris thanks for uh, coming in as well first time in that's it for West Ham Fan Show uh, this evening Sports Social Podcast Network